Hey, my name is Sankalp. Before we start, let's let's do an exercise. Take a deep breath and try to recall two or three things in your day that you are grateful for. Now, if you're starting the day, if you're listening to this in the morning, it could be something from the previous days. Take a moment. Three things that you're grateful for. One, two, and three. Done. How does that make you feel? Hi, my name is Sankalp and welcome to the first topical episode of the show, Understanding Emotions. Today, I'm going to talk about gratitude and perfectionism. Gratitude and perfectionism at first might seem like they have nothing to do with each other, but I do think they are linked. And in fact, I think gratitude can act as an antidote to perfectionism. I repeat, I think gratitude can act as an antidote to perfectionism. Let me try and explain how. Let's start with perfectionism first. At the very outset, one thing must be clear. Perfectionism is a bug, not a feature. It is a vice, not a virtue. A lot of popular culture actually celebrates perfectionism. I remember growing up hearing Amir Khan makes his super hit films because of his perfectionism. For those who haven't heard about Amir, he's an Indian actor who has starred in popular Indian movies like Three Idiots. Seeing one of my favorite actors' success being attributed to perfectionism naturally gave me this message that perfectionism is a good thing. So why do I think perfectionism is a problem? Well, in simple terms, it is because perfection is not attainable. It is a bit like approaching infinity. So if you are six, the number six, then infinity is as far from you as it is from one million. No matter how big a number you are, you're still not infinity. Okay, that is that is too abstract. Let's let's talk about how how I think it's a problem in more concrete terms. I think I think the root of perfectionism is our innate tendency to pay more attention to the negatives than to the positives. Psychologists call it the negativity bias. Like just to understand what it is, do the following exercise. Think about three bad things that have happened to you in the last 24 hours. I have my three. Do you have yours? I encourage you to write them down. Now, think of three good things that have happened to you in the last 24 hours. Done? Feel free to write them down if you wish to. In doing this exercise, most people find that it takes more effort to fetch for the positives than for the negatives. Economists have observed this bias for negativity in our preferences about money. They call it loss aversion. Consider the following scenario. Imagine someone comes up to you and says, I'm going to flip this coin and they hold a coin in their hands. And if it lands heads, I will give you 20 pounds. And if it lands tails, then you give me 20 pounds. Most people would not accept this trade-off and will require that the amount to be earned be at least twice as much the amount to be lost. Did you find same preferences for yourself? Our negativity bias is the engine on which popular news thrives. Just think about what is shown in the news. It is all about crimes, corruptions, problems and atrocities present in the world. You don't get as many news reports about the good happening in the world, despite the fact that we are living in the best times in history by many metrics. Why might we have this negativity bias? 
I think the best explanation comes from evolutionary psychology. For a caveman or a woman, the biggest threat would be wild and stray animals who would pose a risk to their lives. In that, they might have evolved an increased sensitivity to detect predators to protect themselves and their kin. Mistaking a rope for a snake could be harmless, but mistaking a snake for a rope, that could be fatal. So the negativity bias evolved to help us survive. It's a good thing that you and I have it. But it has the potential to cause us distress, especially when it is used in situations that do not involve a deadly threat. And I think perfectionism is what results when we fail to see this negativity bias. Let's say you have to complete a project, a write-up. Your negativity bias would be constantly reminding you of all the things that are wrong with your project. And isn't that what we call perfectionism after all? I hope you're beginning to see why gratitude can be an antidote to perfectionism. When you're grateful, your attention rests on the positive aspect of a situation rather than the negatives. And that shift in attention can feel incredibly relieving. Some clarifications are in order. I am not saying that one should ignore their problems. And I'm certainly not saying to indulge in some wishy-washy positive thinking. Being grateful for a situation does not mean ignoring the problems that you face. What being grateful means is that we notice that there are many, many good things about our current situation and we might be failing to see some because of our negativity bias. Gratitude is a skillful maneuver of attention that helps us develop a fuller understanding of reality with both its good parts and its bad parts. All right, enough talking. In this part of the show, I will suggest some exercise related to the topics that I've covered. Here is one for gratitude. We did a bit of it in the start of the show. If you find yourself in a situation in which you're being a perfectionist, or if you find yourself drowned in negativity, ask yourself what are you grateful for in your situation? Remember your brain is wired to spot negativity, so it might not be as easy or obvious at first. The trick is to look for things that you take for granted. Here are a few things I am grateful for right now as I type. I am grateful for having a high-end laptop to do my work. I am grateful for having a fairly spacious house. Especially at the moment I am in India and I could just look outside my window and find several families living on the road. I am grateful for having the privilege to be thinking about issues like emotional intelligence, which assumes that I don't have to worry about food, water, etc. Millions of people living in this world do not have access to clean and safe drinking water, even in 2020. And the list goes on and on. If you do this exercise, you should feel a mild boost of positivity. There's a practice called gratitude journaling that I recommend. It is exactly what it sounds like. Every day, you write down 3, 5, 10, pick your number. You write down 3, 5, 10 things that you're grateful for. If you do it consistently as a practice, if you do this consistently as a practice, you will experience an improvement in your mood in just a few days or weeks time. Give it a try for a week perhaps and see how it goes. I am looking at the website for UC Berkeley's Positive Psychology Center, which is called the Greater Good Science Center. And it says that studies have found gratitude journaling at least thrice a week might have a greater impact on a happiness than regular journaling every day. So that's gratitude journaling 
every alternate days is more impactful on happiness than regular journaling every day try it out there's nothing to lose and that is it for today i hope you found this episode useful i would love to hear from you what you think and all the relevant links to contact me to give your feedback would be in the show notes i must reiterate that your support feedback and comments are especially valuable in the first few days of the show so thank you for taking this time and listening to me i hope to hear from you in the comments and see you next time